And we are back here. I've, uh, as you know, to get a hold of uh, Lior, the personal cell right in your pocket anytime, 416-216-5900. And uh, hey, buddy, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How was the, uh, how was the week? <laughs> well, it's good. Well, first of all, uh, everyone, uh, welcome back to, to the show. I'm happy to be back. Uh, and so give us a call, obviously, at the show. Happy to answer any questions if you have any uh, concerns, any issues in the workplace. But as always, I want to start off by talking about uh, the week that was a couple of cases, a couple of situations that I saw in my practice mm-hmm. uh, this week that I think uh, bear some very important lessons. And the first situation uh, has to do with the whole employee-independent contractor distinction. Uh, as you know, John, we talk many times about oh, independent yeah. contractors uh, that really are employees. The issue arises when an individual acts like an employee in that they work exclusively for a company, full-time, regular hours under the company's banner, but for tax purposes, they're treated as independent contractors. Well, what happens when the company decides to let the person go? Well, if the person, in the eyes of the law, is really an independent contractor, they're not going to be entitled to any severance or notice or very little. But if the person in the eyes of the law is an employee, regardless of uh, what they, they call themselves or even if they realize it, then they're going to be entitled to full severance. Well, in the first matter from this week that I'm going to tell you about, uh, the person that called me was not really an employee or an independent contractor. The lady that called me had worked as a sales agent for a company for about three years. Uh, She was treated as an independent contractor. Now, even though she worked full-time hours, she was responsible for her own expenses. Uh, She didn't work out of the company's offices, uh, and she was on the road, so she didn't have regular hours. And now she was let go, and the company said, well, you're an independent contractor, so we don't owe you any any severance. Uh, So the question became, well, is this person an employee or an independent contractor? The answer is she's neither of these things. She falls in a hybrid category that we refer to as a dependent contractor. No, I've never heard that term in my life. Dependent contractor. So not quite an employee, but because virtually all the income is derived from one company, not quite an independent contractor either. So what does this mean for severance? It means she's entitled to almost the exact same severance that she would get as an employee. No kidding. Okay? So uh, in this case, she'd be looking at right around six months of severance. For her, that would be about $35,000. So very, very significant. Uh, So not an employee, but still entitled to severance. So what's the lesson here? The lesson, and I can't emphasize this enough, is that... uh, Title is not relevant. Your title, if if you call yourself an independent contractor, it's not relevant. It does not make you one if you call yourself that. If you work for one company for a lengthy period of time and you derive virtually all of your income from that company, then you're entitled to severance. Thousands of people, John, every single year end up losing their job and don't know they're entitled to anything because they think they're independent contractors. Thousands of people. So I'm hoping that this, uh, this story, this particular case that I told you about, serves as a, as a bit of a lesson. You always say it's substance over form, right? Always, especially yep. when it comes to that. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck, even if you call it a fish. Well, the second situation uh, shows us why we have to read our severance offer very carefully. Uh, I was contacted by an individual who had worked as a senior manager for some nine years. Uh, He had a significant uh, six-figure compensation. Mm -hmm. Now, when he contacted me, he said that he felt that his severance offer was fair. I reviewed it, and the company had offered him 12 months' compensation as severance, and that actually was decent, and I didn't didn't really have a problem with that. But when I continued to read the severance offer, it was about a five-page document, I noticed that what the company had done is it included a condition in the severance letter that said that by accepting the severance, he agreed not to work for a competitor for 12 months. 
non-compete. Well, the company cannot do that, okay? The company cannot say, we will only pay you what we owe you uh, if you agree not to compete for 12 months. So in this case, the company had to pay him 12 months severance. That was their legal obligation. They had no choice. So they can't impose a condition uh, or else they won't do what they have to do. So what's going to happen here? We're going to be negotiating with this company, and the company is going to have one of two options. Either they can remove the non-competition condition so that my client can go work for whoever he wants, or they can offer him something in return. So, so they can say, well, we have to pay you 12 months. We're going to do that. But if you agree to the non-compete, we're going to pay you for 16 months. So we're going to give you something Throw extra. Throw him a bone. Right, have something to. extra. Yeah. And if he decides to accept, then he can. So very important to read your severance offer uh, very, very carefully. And had he not gotten legal advice, he would have accepted the severance offer, not having realized that he has agreed not to compete for a year. So always, always, always have a lawyer review your severance offer. Richard in Toronto. Welcome to the show, Richard. How are you? Hi, good afternoon. Good, you got a question? Um, I was on your employment calculator, and uh, I'm in a situation where I was terminated. Um, according to your calculator, I'm owed about six months severance, which, which I did not get. Right. I'm wondering if there's a case of wrongful dismissal and age discrimination because they hire people that are younger than me in my place without giving me notice, or uh, basically their reason was restructuring uh, what that would add on to the uh, severance. Well, let, let, let's, let's kind of uh, break it down from the beginning, Richard. How long have you worked for the company? Uh, one year. One year. And what's the position? What kind of job were you doing? It, I don't want to mention, but it was a professional position. Professional position. Approximately how old are you, Richard? I'm 59. Yeah. So right around six months is what would be appropriate to, for you. What, can you give me a sense of what they offered you? Uh, basically one week. One Ooh. week. Wow. Yeah. Now, I want to say one thing, uh, Richard. One of the things we would want to look at is whether when you started working about a year ago, whether you signed a job offer letter or an employment agreement that limits your severance. So we can leave that for another discussion. But yeah. if you have not, you're entitled to six months roughly, and then what you've been offered is completely inadequate. Now, that's option. That's issue one. Issue two is if they let you go because they want to hire someone younger and you can show that that's why they hired you, they 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 let you and maybe someone else go replace people that are much younger, that potentially Absolutely. you do have a case for age discrimination. That would be a violation of the Human Rights Code. Uh, I mean, the value of that, if you can prove it, probably right around $20,000, not as much as one may think. But certainly, uh, without even knowing about what you were earning there, I can tell you that obviously the difference between one week and six months is huge. Mm -hmm. So what you need to do, Richard, is you need to call me. We need to have a, a more uh, good uh, lengthy chat about this off air. Uh, so let, give me a call and let's talk about it. Okay, thank you very much. Richard, that number again, 416-216-5900. We'll take a quick break. Got some more calls coming through. Frank, Nick, hang on the line. We'll get to you. And as always, Lior's number, 416, as I just mentioned, 216-5900. The Employment Hour is up and running. Talk radio, AM 640. Throws the calls. Got lots to answer and a lot of things to uh, to get through on the show today. 416-216-5900 is Lior's personal number. We'll bounce right over to Frank. Hi, Frank. How are you? Hi, Frank. I mean, hi. How are you, buddy? Yeah. Okay, if you quit your job... When you still have vacation weeks not yet taken, right? do they still have to pay you for those vacation weeks? Absolutely, yes. Question that comes up all the time. So any accrued but unused vacation time has to be paid out, irrespective of whether you quit, irrespective of whether you were let go, irrespective of why you were let go. Absolutely. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you, Frank. Quick and short and to the point. Ray in Toronto, how are you? Hi, good, thanks. Good, sir. You got a question for Lior. 
Yeah, my question is right now I'm on an EI sick benefit, and over the last three years I haven't worked too much, and the company has talked about frustrating the contract. Right. Now, what I want to know is if I uh, agree to this, would I be entitled to uh, regular EI benefits? Uh, no, you, you, you would not be entitled to, uh, to EI, regular EI benefits at all. Uh, you may, though, be entitled to severance. Uh, how many years have you worked for the company total? I've worked six, but over the last three years, I've only worked about six months on right. and off. Six years, and, and large company, small company? Uh, small. Okay. So uh, in your situation, first of all, it's not about agreeing or not. There's, to be honest with you, there's not much in it for you to agree. Uh, it's a position that the company can take if, uh, number one, you've been away for a long time, number, and number two, there's no prognosis for uh, recovery or coming back to work in the near future. And then the company says, well, sorry, uh, Ray, contract has been frustrated and we end the relationship. In that case, they'd have to pay you six weeks pay. That said, uh, there's really nothing in it for you. You want to maintain the option to go back to work at some point. Plus, if they take the position that it's frustration, but maybe you could have gone back to work, then it becomes a termination of employment. Mm. And instead of six weeks pay, you may be entitled to six months or even nine months of pay. So uh, there's really not much in it for you and you wouldn't qualify for EI. Okay. Thanks very much. No problem. Appreciate it, Ray. Again, 416 uh, uh, I just about gave out my own home phone number. Why? I don't know. We've got weird calls tonight. John, about the severance, I'm like, I'm sorry, who is this? Uh, Nick in Georgetown. Hi, Nick. How are you? Hi. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Good, pal. You got a question? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've been being referred by a company for over 20 years uh, to their customers. Um, it's been a handshake uh, relationship, nothing in writing. Uh, they've recently, uh, uh, it was a family business. I dealt with the father, the son took over mm -hmm. and they now, uh, uh, brought in someone else to run. The son brought in someone else to kind of run this, the outfit and my work that, you know, uh, has been cut back huge in the last year. Um, never explained any reason why to me, but, um, I, I obviously I know, uh, because of the bottom line, so to speak, um, are you? I heard you saying that there is. Is there some kind of a package or severance, or I could go after them for for something? So before these changes happened, before they reduced your work, Nick, uh, how many hours a week would you work for them, or, or oh, because of them? Six days a week. <laughs> Full time hours in those six days? Oh, absolutely, for for twenty years. I no. mean, they. It's in the appliance business, and I install appliances. Mm -hmm. So um, right, so so you, you'd be installing appliances for their customers. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so if you're doing this for for is it twenty years, I think, yeah. or a long time, yeah. and you work six days a week, full time hours, yeah. uh, do you work for anyone else? Um, yes, I do now. <laughs> but before these changes happened, you didn't. No, before okay. these changes, I was able to derive virtually a hundred percent of my income from this outfit. And with these changes, how much has your income been reduced? Oh. Uh, uh, I don't know, uh, 70%. Wow. wow. Okay, so, so I, have, I have an answer for you, Nick. Uh, first of all, in the eyes of the law, uh, in your situation after 20 years working full-time exclusively essentially for them for all that time, you're either going to be considered an, uh, an employee or a dependent contractor. So what they've done 
by, by effectively changing the terms of your arrangement so much that you've now lost 70% of your income, they, they, they breach the contract, whether it's an employment contract or, uh, or another contract. So yes, the, you, you can treat the relationship as being at an end and require them to pay you severance. Absolutely. And let me tell you, after 20 years, you're going to be looking at a lot of severance, potentially 18 to 24 months of compensation, depending on a few factors. So yes, you are entitled to compensation. That compensation is significant. And and the risk you have right now is if you continue in this situation where your income has been reduced by 70% for a long period of time, you're going to be considered to have accepted it. And then it may be too late to do something. So you need to call me right away so we can talk about it. Time is not your friend here. Okay. That number, Richard, I'll give you to you or Nick. Uh, uh, grab a pen. It's 416-216-5900. 416-216-5900. Get a hold of your uh, right away. That's probably the most important phone call that guy's made in the last several weeks. Yeah, and the classic you know, example of what we were talking about at the top of the show. About not an people, independent contract. Not, in, not, not even close to that. No. And he probably didn't realize that until you heard us uh, a few minutes ago. So, and, and people like that are very common, not that they lose their job or something happened that, that changes their job. And absolutely, Nick is entitled to significant compensation. And he's not, he's not unusual. This situation is not unusual at all. Give us a call. It could be a very important day for you right here in the Employment Hour. Talk Radio, AM6 40. It could be a very lucrative phone call for you. Give us a call here in the show. Up Lior's number as well, 416-216-5900. Lior at employmenthour.com is the uh, email. I want to get into uh, something I find kind of scary. I don't know if I'd attempt it, but negotiating your own severance package sans lawyer. Yes, yeah, sans lawyer. Now, why would someone do that? Well, we, we always talk, obviously, about needing a lawyer to negotiate severance and, and to understand what severance is. Uh, in some situations, I've advised clients in, in numerous cases in some cases, it actually may be better or easier to negotiate severance uh, without a lawyer. Now, when would that happen? It would happen usually when you have an excellent, really good, close relationship with whoever is making the decision on behalf of the company. If you're a close personal friend, you have that personal relationship, you want to be able to use that relationship to your advantage right. rather than bring a, a lawyer who sometimes may, you know, may, may turn people off uh, in, into the dynamic, into the mix. So if you have that relationship, oftentimes uh, you can use that to your advantage and be very successful if you do it the right way. And we're going to talk about how to do it the right way. Uh, now, in my experience, it's the rare case where you could do that. But the, I've certainly advised people um, on a number of occasions to do that. The first thing, though, always, John, is one has to be able to identify if, if their severance offer is inadequate, number one. And number two, if it's inadequate, you need to know what an adequate severance package would be because you need to know what to ask for. We know how to do that now. Well, yes, we know, we know how to do that. So even, even if you're going to negotiate your own severance because you say, well, you know, my, my boss, the owner of the company, we're close friends. We always go out for drinks all, every weekend, et cetera. You still need to know how, uh, uh, what your severance should be. So how do you do that? Well, you go to severancepaycalculator.com, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the little application that I created, or you download the app on iPhone, iTunes, uh, iPhone, iPad, or Android, and it'll tell you how much severance you should be getting. Or you, even easier than that, you can give me a call, and I'll tell you how much severance you should be getting. So the first step always is you want to be able to identify how much severance you're getting and, uh, or how much severance you should be getting versus how much you've been offered. Because if you're going to ask for six months, you want to make sure that six months is appropriate. You shouldn't be asking for 12-month severance, right? right? So the question then becomes, well, okay, if, if I'm going to do this, uh, how, how am I going to approach my, my employer? Yeah, big time. Well, first of all, you want to do is remember this is still not going to be a negotiation. So if you use the severance calculator and the severance calculator says that you should be getting six months pay, 
Well, you may want to give yourself a bit of room to maneuver. Maybe you ask for seven or eight months. Again, it's a negotiation. You want to be a bit on the high end. Even if you think, well, you know what? Worst case scenario, I would be happy with five months. But even though the severance calculator says six, sure. if you just ask for five months and the answer to that is no. You're you not just, getting six. <laughs> you're not getting six or <laughs> right? five for, yeah. for that matter. Yeah. Because the employer knows now that that becomes your ceiling. You can't negotiate. And even if you end up hiring a lawyer after that, it's going to become much more difficult because you've already lowballed yourself. So don't lowball yourself. Give yourself some room to maneuver, room to breathe, room to negotiate. Now, how do you approach the employer? You approach the employer on the basis, first of all, of, of being non-confrontational. You're not going to say this is completely in, unacceptable. How dare you? Yeah, because... You have that good relationship, you immediately want to go in and say, well, employer, first of all, I I appreciate the fact that the company is trying to deal with this difficult situation uh, in in a fair way. I have concerns and always raise the idea of finding another job. I feel I'm concerned it's going to take me a long time to find another job and, and play that card. And then make your ask. And, and you know, I would hope you'd consider uh, the following and outline exactly what you want. So six-month severance, benefits for six months, et cetera. Uh, make it very clear and put it in writing. Don't do it verbally. So uh, outline, number one, that you appreciate the company is dealing with this properly. Number two, express your concerns about finding another job. And number three, clearly outline what you want while giving yourself some room to maneuver, room to negotiate. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll cover more of that uh, in just a minute. Got uh, Ari on Toronto. How are you? I'm not bad. How are you? Good, man. You got a question for Lior. Go ahead. Yes, uh, that's right. Uh, I have a question for Lior because uh, I was laid off about uh, four months ago, but I was working for a company, which is a big uh, company. And uh, for six years, in fact, I was working for them. But uh, unfortunately, because of uh, some type of uh, surgery that I had, and I went uh, through this uh, problem two times, and I was on a long-term disability. And uh, the company was asking me that if uh, during the disability time, if uh, it's okay for me to get back to work. But uh, And meanwhile, they were asking the doctor and the surgeon, and they were receiving a report that I'm not uh, ready to get back to the, you know, full uh, function job. But uh, unfortunately, as I said, after a year and a half, uh, they laid me off, but I received a letter. In that letter indicated that uh, because, uh, unfortunately, you are not going to be able to back to work, according to the report of the doctors, uh, we have to lay you off to let you go, in fact, and with uh, uh, six weeks pay. But, in fact, if you want to discuss it with a, a lawyer or somebody, you can do that. But uh, in that uh, case, uh, we're going to reduce your six weeks pay <laughs> to three weeks pay if you discuss it with a lawyer. Wow, and, nice threat. Uh, now, uh, did, I was, sorry? Yeah, did they ask you to sign off on anything? Yes, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because uh, to be honest with you, I was not uh, aware of any of this uh, law or regulation of the, you know, work or laying off, and I had no knowledge of that. To be honest, I was uh, scared. Maybe right. I'm not going to be entitled more than six weeks that they are offering. But meanwhile, and uh, at the time when they were uh, saying that if you take it to a lawyer, 
we're going to reduce it to three weeks pay. Okay, so so let me let me first of all, I'm not actually particularly concerned about the document that that you signed. I do want to see it, of course, but if the document says we're only six weeks, and if you sign, if you speak with a lawyer, or if you don't accept, we're only going to give you three weeks pay. That wouldn't be legal. No matter what, they would have had to pay you six weeks at the bare minimum because you said you've been there for six years. So I'm not overly concerned about that. The question really becomes whether or not when they let you go, uh, it was clear to them or should have been clear to them that you can't come back to work. In other words, if the doctor were saying, uh, Arya is never going to be able to come back to work or it's very unlikely he's ever going to come back to work, it's possible that you're not entitled to anything else. But if that decision has not been made, if they had not been provided with a letter like that from a doctor, then it was premature to terminate or what we call frustration of contract. So you're owed, not only are you owed full severance, which is going to be a lot more than six weeks, it could be six months, eight months, nine months even, you may also have a human rights issue here because if they let you go while you're on disability because you're on disability, that's a violation of the human rights code. So, but uh, another thing, Peter, sorry I'm yeah. interrupting you, uh, the doctor sent them several times letters that uh, if he's not going to be able to work on the floor physically because uh, it was a kind of heavy industry, you know, the section right. that I was working, mm-hmm. they send a letter to the company that he is capable of doing the office job and uh, with a minimal, you know, physical involvement, mm-hmm. right. he's able to do this job. So that's important because the company has a duty to accommodate you, which may mean finding another job that you can do. So, Aria, you've been uh, let go from the sounds of it. This is a wrongful dismissal. You need to call me because we can certainly resolve this issue and, and deal with it and get you probably significantly more compensation. So you have to give me a call off air. I'll talk to you about it and, and, and do everything I can to help you. That number, are you? Write it down, 416-216-5900. We'll take a short break. Give us a call right here and there. If you have questions like Aria, the Employment Hour continues. Talk Radio AM 640. And Lior at employmenthour.com and 416-216-5900 is Lior's personal number. We're uh, back at it. Churnham and Burnham. Got to uh, Michael in Toronto. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Okay. Go ahead. Um, my question is, uh, if you're given a severance offer and there's no expiration date on the offer and then some time passes by and the employer just you know decides to issue your your statutory minimum, right. what, what, what happens then? Like, are they, like, they're not like turning on the offer, are they? Well, generally speaking, uh, uh, an offer like that is open for acceptance until it's either it expires as per the terms of the offer or until it's withdrawn. So a severance offer that does not have an expiry date uh, is open for acceptance until it's formally withdrawn by the company. Uh, the question, of course, always is, Michael, is whether the offer is, is good enough to begin with. The, the the offer I think was good based on what I've looked into and to people I've talked to. It's it's not too bad. Okay, I might, be, I might be entitled to like one or two more months. Yep. The thing is, there's no there's no clawback on it. So I'm concerned that if I do try to renegotiate, they're going to say, okay, well, you got to pay us back if you get a job. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, you, you you know, if we, uh, you have me on the air here. Let's go through the analysis quickly. How long did you work there for, Michael? Uh, eight years. And what kind of job? Uh, financial services. Okay, good. And how old are you approximately? 39. 39. So you're the what I call the classic month per year guy. So so you're looking at about eight months of, of severance that you'd be owed. Is, any, is that what they've offered you? They offered six, but there's no clawback. Okay, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's not your decision ultimately whether or not it's good on, or, or not for you. That said, if they have not withdrawn it, and if the offer itself does not have an expiration date, you're free to accept it. So they, they don't have to send you like a notice. Hey, we're we're sending you your statutory minimums. Here's a breakdown. There's like there's no, there's nothing. They, well, they have to pay statutory minimums in any event, regardless of whether or not you accept the offer. So they they were right to have to pay you that. But unless they've also withdrawn the offer, the amounts on top of the statutory uh, minimums, it's open for you to accept. So they they wouldn't, I mean, they'd give you some notice. They wouldn't say, okay, it's been withdrawn. Like, they should, you know, send you something. Hey, you have a couple weeks or whatever. Well, they they can withdraw it. I mean, they can send you a note today saying, you know, offer is off the table. They could do that. Uh, It's unlikely, but they could. Uh, It would have to be withdrawn in writing for it to be valid. Uh, But there's no law that says they can withdraw it immediately. David in Thornhill. Hi, David. How are you? Hello. I'm calling to find out if I'm entitled to any severance pay. Okay. I, I worked in a place for about two years. Yeah. And uh, I was recently uh, injured at work. And uh, then they uh, then they let me go after. Okay. And uh, how long were you were you off work at all? I was not off work. I took uh, modified duties. Oh, I see. And what reason was given to you for letting you go? It uh, wasn't clear. Well, they said that, uh, you know, the, the there's um, because of business slowdown and so on. They, the, and plus, the, they, they contract, contracted my position out. And what kind of job was it, David? Uh, janitorial. And no, no union? Uh, no union. Okay, and approximately how old are you, David? I'm 50. Uh, did they pay you any severance? Uh, it, it, I, I asked the HR, and they said uh, you don't, you're not entitled to severance. Nonsense! You're entitled. Uh, you were an employee, by the way, right? You, you were. They were withholding taxes off your check. Yes, a full-time yeah. employee. Yeah. So you're looking at right around four months of compensation, David. So uh, I have no idea why anyone would lie to you like that. Uh, unfortunately, that, that they did that. However, you're entitled to four months of compensation, no question. Now, in addition to that, if they let you go because of your medical condition or because you're on modified duties, it's also a human rights matter on top of the severance that you're owed. That said, David, please give me a call at the office. We need to talk off air. I'll certainly be able to help you with this. Getting severance for you here is not going to be difficult at all, I promise you. Uh, how about if you sign something, uh, you know, before you started the job? Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I got to, I got to look at the contract, what I signed. I don't know if I signed anything. Well, let's look at what you signed. That said, there's nothing that you could have signed that says no severance. There's impossible after two years. So I'm not particularly worried about that, but ideally I still would like to see what you signed. But the fact that you're getting severance, I can tell you for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that. I, I thought it was, I was like entitled to two, two, two weeks, but you're saying four months? Four months, my everybody friend. Everybody thinks that. Yeah, everybody thinks that. It's not a week per year, certainly not. So please, please give me a call. Let's get this resolved. It should not be difficult. David, that number, 416-216-5900. We'll take a, a quick break and uh, to get to more of your phone calls and maybe dive right back into negotiating your own severance here on the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640. And Lior's number at any time is 416-216-5900, Leo, uh, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. So uh, you, you, you figure, okay, I'll try to negotiate my own severance here. I've used the uh, severance pay calculator. i got a ballpark, a bird's eye view of what I should get. So you go to talk to your employer. You do this. Um, do they risk losing the original severance offer? That's always the question that someone asks. It's going to scare them, right? Yeah. Whether they, they try to negotiate themselves or whether they uh, work with the lawyer to do that, they always think, well, my employer has offered me two months severance, whatever it is, and I'm, I want to get four months or five months, but do I lose the two months that it's been offered to me if I try to negotiate? 
The answer is no. The answer is absolutely no. You don't lose it uh, by, by negotiating. The employer is not going to say, aha, by asking for four, we're going to take two off the table. Uh, I've never seen it. Well, I've seen it happen one time because the company found out the employee was stealing from them. Uh, usually you're going to lose your severance then. That's a good but, way. Yeah, it's a good way. It's good guarantee to yeah, lose your severance. Yeah, you're pretty much guaranteed right there. But no, you're not going to lose your severance offer. So you, you, you're not really taking much of a risk uh, about doing that. That said, I still don't suggest going in there uh, aggressive and completely unreasonable and calling mm-hmm. the employer names. That, that would be a horrible idea. But no, you're not losing. Uh, you're not risking losing. So you're really not taking much of a risk by doing that. What if the employer does say no? Well, you know, and that's that's always the concern. First of all, if the employer says no, option one, you're actually not any worse off for asking. But in most <laughs> yeah. of the, in, in most cases, so so I'm saying there's really no risk. Yeah. But in most cases, if in fact you've you've went through the analysis, either you've spoken to me or you've used the severance pay calculator. And you know you're owed more. At that point, you should get a lawyer involved. In many cases, an employer is going to say no. Uh, if they say no, it's because they think, well, uh, the the person's not using a lawyer because they don't want to talk to a lawyer. They're scared to talk to a lawyer. So there's not going to be any repercussions mm-hmm. if I say no. But once you get the lawyer involved, oftentimes uh, things change very quickly. So if the employer says no uh, and you decide that you still should be getting more, then, yeah, get a lawyer involved and let's get it done that way. In most cases, though, if you do have that close relationship with the employer and if you're reasonable and you approach them the way that I've said, in many cases, the answer is actually going to be yes. Uh, is there a time when someone should not attempt <laughs> negotiating their own severance? Yeah, there's a few situations that even if you have that really good relationship with the employer, you shouldn't be negotiating your own severance. Uh, first of all, is if the difference between what the employer has offered you and what the employer should have offered you is very significant. You're not going to be able to bridge a large gap on your own. It's I one see. thing if you want to get them from four to five or six months, fine. But if you need to get them from four to 12, you're probably not going to be successful to do that on your own. It's probably going to be a bit of a waste of time. So you need to get a lawyer involved there. So if it's a significant gap, you're not going to be able to do now, the other thing is if, if there's other components that are more complicated that need to be negotiated, such as a bonus or, or stock options, uh, et cetera, those have to be addressed, handled properly. We need to review certain documents, stock option plan. You need a lawyer for that. If we're just talking about the number of weeks or months of salary, if you have that close relationship with the employer, you may be able to do it yourself. If it, if it gets more complicated than that, don't even try it. You're going to hurt uh, your own interest. Get a lawyer. The takeaway for me in all this is, I mean, even if it's just something basic, you know, it's like selling your own house. Just use a realtor. Use an employment lawyer. Just do it. Like, you know, I, <laughs> just, and, and, and I agree with you. For some, some people, I don't know why, John, uh, they don't like lawyers. I don't know why. They were really nice guys, right? But uh, so if you really, really are allergic to lawyers, they're, they're, here's like giving you some tips as to how you could do it yourself. But that's going to be the exception rather than the rule. Thing is, I've been staring at your handsome mug for about a year and a half, and uh, still the top questions people still ask every day. Uh, number one's right out there. How much severance should I get? People, you know, they I, assume it's a week <laughs> per year still. We've, we've had a couple of calls like that today already. So, you know, the, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this right now is, you know, we've been doing the show for a year and a half, John, and I, I think we've educated a lot of people, but mm-hmm. I still have people, even that when they hear the show, they still don't understand how why, what, what I'm telling them is so different than what they've known before, what they thought they knew or what their employer is telling them. So I still get these very common questions that we've addressed many times on the show. But God, every single day, without exception, I get these questions. So the first one that you just asked me is, well, how much severance do I get? And and it comes, uh, this issue comes to the front because people think there's all these rules, a year, uh, a week per year. year, two weeks a year, three weeks a year. And none of that is correct. It's not a direct correlation. It's based on the three main factors, age, length of employment, and position. 
The longer you work, the older you are, and the more senior a position you have, the more severance. And the only way to actually know is to get legal advice or use the severance pay calculator, severancepaycalculator.com. But it's not a week per year of service, never is, almost for, for anyone. So, so forget about any rule of thumb, forget about any direct correlation like that. It's just not true. It's false. So why is the Ministry of Labor saying I'm getting a week per year? Why so much less than what and Another get? big question that I get. Yeah, exactly. Usually if it comes in the form of, Leo, you're telling me, I, or your severance pay calculator is telling me I should be getting uh, nine months. The Ministry of Labor is telling me I should be getting three weeks pay. What gives and then and yeah, What are you out right? to lunch? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ex- and, and again, I, sometimes I get people very upset because they think the severance pay calculator is defective and, and I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. Well, let me explain this uh, again once and for all. Why is this discrepancy? When you call the Ministry of Labor, you go on the Ministry of Labor's website, the only thing they can and the only thing they do tell you is what are your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements, your minimum entitlements. Your minimum entitlements for most people are going to be a week of severance for every year of service. But every single employee is entitled to significantly more than that. Your full entitlements are going to be significantly more. The Ministry of Labor doesn't tell you. They don't get involved in that. They don't really care as long as you get your minimums. But the law still requires you to get paid your full severance. And that's what I do. And that's what the severance pay calculator does. We calculate your full severance. The employer is still legally obligated to pay you. So that's why there's going to be this discrepancy between your full severance, which you, you get by talking to me or the severance pay calculator, mm-hmm. and your your minimum severance, which you get when you talk to the Ministry of Labor. You've still got some time to uh, give us a call if you have severance questions. My employer insists, uh, how about this one, that I sign a new contract. A little nervous. What do I do? Yeah, and then people are not a little nervous. People get very nervous, mm-hmm. and usually for good reason. Uh, usually an employer is not going to have you sign a contract to just maintain the status quo. If the status quo was fine, the employer is not going to have you sign a contract. It's not needed. It's to change some of the terms of employment. And so the first thing you do is you need to understand what's being changed. You need to understand what's in the contract that's either uh, unfavorable for you or that changes the terms of your employment. So uh, once you've done that, and you do that by by usually getting legal advice unless you're able to do it yourself, uh, you have to make a decision. Do I sign this contract and accept these changes or I don't? If you don't sign, the employer can't let you go without compensation. Uh, the employer may still decide to let you go with severance, but in some situations that may be better. So if you sign a contract that uh, tries to take away your severance, you may be better off not accepting, being let go with severance instead of signing and a month later, be- later being let go and now you get very little severance because you signed this contract a month ago. So uh, get legal advice if you have to sign a contract. In some situations, we may decide it's far better to say, no, I'm not going to sign, and let the chips fall as they may. Take a break. Still got time to give us a call. Lior at employmenthour.com's his email and personal number, 416-216-5900. More of the Employment Hour coming up. Talk Radio, AM640. The Employment Hour is what we do here. I want to get to these uh, because, you know, for, for, well, almost a year, I guess, we've been talking about the uh, severance pay calculator, which is really helping people figure out what they should be getting there, their full entitlements. Um, some real-life submissions about use of the calculator. Some of these seem pretty pretty outlandish, but they're but they're true. All right? true. So so here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to 
tell you about some uh, submissions that I got this week alone, just uh, two or three of them from the Severance Calculator. So when you go to severancepaycalculator.com or you download the app on, uh, on your uh, smart device, uh, you, you enter three pieces of information and it tells you how much severance you get. You can also enter how much severance you've actually been offered and then it calculates the difference in nice. dollars between what you should have been offered and what you were offered. Now, when you go through the analysis, if you want, there's a green button at the end. You can press that to send me the submission so that we can, we can chat about it. You don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people choose to do that. So, so here's a few examples where people did press that green button and it sent me the information. Just, just so you see the type of, uh, of situations people are in. These are just from the last week, and there's only three. I could have probably had about 15 for you. So first of all, Bill. Uh, Bill had worked in a professional position for six years, uh, earning $90,000. Uh, according to the calculator, and which is correct, he w- is owed between eight to nine months of severance. He was offered three. For him, that was an additional thirty-seven thousand to forty-five thousand dollars. Amazing. Okay, so so by by using the severance calculator, he realized he's owed between thirty-seven to forty-five thousand dollars extra. That's most people's whole salary. It's huge. It's massive. You know, and and, and like I said, nothing unique about it. So so that's Bill. Let's talk about Lisa. Lisa had worked uh, for 14 years as a middle manager. She's in her 40s, and she was making $65,000. The calculator correctly uh, assessed her as being entitled to 16 to 18 months of severance. She was offered 28 weeks, just over six months. Wow. For her, that was an additional $51,000 to $62,000. Wow. Okay? Again, th- just from this last week. So uh, a huge thing. Do you, do you think she was happy she used the calculator? No though? kidding. So, so let's talk an, another one. Let's talk about Dan. Dan had worked for more than 25 years in a clerical position, earning $56,000. Okay, he's almost 60 years old. According to the calculator, correctly assessed him as being entitled to 18 to 24 months of severance. Nice. He was offered six months. For him, that was an additional fifty-six to eighty-four thousand dollars. That's massive. No, uh, he's making fifty-six thousand dollars, and his severance was short, but between fifty-six to eighty-four thousand. I mean, wow! That that's a huge, huge, that's huge more difference. than a year of his salary. That left that off is the table. much more than a year. It's between a year to to a year and a half of his compensation. Uh, a, a big, big difference. Now, so we added this feature, John, recently to the severance calculator. Then it can actually give you a, an assessment in dollars, not just in months or weeks as to how your severance is. And as you can see, people can, can do that, and it gives you the information. So do you think that the, the calculator is probably the smartest thing that these people uh, did recently? And one of the quickest things, for and sure. one of the quickest things. Absolutely. So as I said, you know, I, I encourage everyone to go and use a severance pay calculator, severancepaycalculator.com. You could do it right now. You don't have to uh, get a password to use it. It's very easy. Anyone can do it, even if you just wanted to find out what could happen if in a year or five years or whatever it is, you may lose your job. You can enter the information right now and know. And if you know, if you have a friend that lost their job, a neighbor, a, a family member, tell them to go to Severance Pay Calculator. Have them call me. But if they want to have something, you know, if it's the weekend or it's midnight and they just want to know right now, uh, go to severancepaycalculator.com, get it there right, right online, and contact me afterwards. What if my employer hasn't uh, ended my job? What if they've changed my job? Well, that's oftentimes, if the change is significant, if, if the employer uh, imposes a change that's uh, unfavorable, that's significant, it could result in something that we refer to, John, as you know, as a constructive dismissal. Mm-hmm. In that situation, if the change is significant enough, usually the employee has a choice. The employee can decide to either uh, accept the change, fine, and now that becomes the new terms of employment, 
Or the employee can say, no, employer, I'm not going to accept this change. I'm going to treat my employment as being at an end. And that employee is going to be entitled to severance. So the employee would resign. But because of the change, the employee would still be entitled to their full severance. So, again, you can still use the severance pay calculator to figure out how much severance. Now, I want to make one thing very clear. It's not every change that results in a constructive dismissal. Okay. So I don't want people saying, well, there's a change, I'm, I'm resigning. I don't want people just going off and resigning because they think it's a constructive dismissal. Because if you get it wrong, uh, it's a big deal. So if you think you've been constructively dismissed, the only thing you have to do is you have to call me. You have to get legal advice because I'm going to be able to tell you whether this is a constructive dismissal situation or if it isn't. Yeah, they change the color of your post-its notes. That's not enough. That's to, not enough. No, <laughs> right? or, or, or they, they change the brand of coffee around here. I'm out of here. That's <laughs> right. That's right. But hey, some people take their coffee very seriously, <laughs> yeah, John. Right. I mean, you don't, don't make right. light of that. What happens if uh, I don't accept my severance on time, or is there a time limit? Yeah, and then you know, wow, probably one of the most common questions. Usually, it comes on the phone, and I get someone very nervous calling me, saying, "Lior, my my severance offer expires at five o'clock today or five o'clock tomorrow, and I need to meet with you immediately." So what I tell these people is what I'm going to tell you right now, John, is don't worry about it. Your severance offer doesn't expire at fi- Friday at 5. Your legal rights don't expire Friday at 5. Uh, in fact, your legal rights are, exist for a period of two years. So oh. if you're let go today, you have two years from today to pursue your entitlements. That deadline like that is not relevant. The only time a deadline like that uh, and, and a severance offer could be relevant is if a company is offering you a heck of a lot more severance than they should be offering you. Take it, take it. In which case you want to accept before they exactly. change their mind. I am still waiting to see a situation like that. I, I'm, I, I'm not holding my breath, though. So it's, it's not a real concern. It's not something that people should be uh, worried about. It's much, much more important to properly take the time to read your severance offer, to understand it, and to get legal advice. And if that means you cannot respond by Friday at 5, not a problem. We'll wrap it for another week. It's good to stretch the legs again, my friend. Back here live, another uh, fantastic show. We'll wrap it for next week. We will be back next week. The numbers to call off show hours, of course, 416-216-5900, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com, and severancepaycalculator.com as well. The Employment Hour, right here, Talk Radio, AM 640.